coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. We've always known that consumers are visual people uh, and they want to hear a story and they want to be immersed in, in a brand, but it, I think it's just continuing to change uh, over and over and over again where people are more and more visual learners versus you know, the written word. Welcome to The Hive Life where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Welcome to another episode of The Hive Life. I'm Jared Latch alongside Tim Baer. One of our favorite aspects of this podcast is the opportunity to interview colleagues, friends, and other subject matter experts tied to marketing and entrepreneurship. And that's where we find ourselves as we welcome in Scott Peterson, Scott currently leads the client service development and marketing for Infographics. Complex Information Simplified is their tagline. He also spent 18 years in sports and brand marketing, as well as a stint in the nonprofit world. He's also a cancer survivor and overall just very knowledgeable when it comes to utilizing video content. So, Scott, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So let's start off naturally with your current role uh, with Infographics. If you just... Give us a quick explanation of the company, 30,000-foot view, and your current role. Yeah, absolutely. So my current role, as you stated, right, uh, heading up marketing, uh, business development, and client service. And Infographics, really, it's a company. It's almost 25 years old. We started as a company that was doing uh, technical documentation, so instruction manuals, service manuals, things like that. And uh, as technology has evolved, uh, we've evolved with it. So we do a lot of 2D, 3D animation, AR, VR work, um, e-learning, e-training, um, and again, still tech technical documentation. But basically, we specialize in creating technical content in uh, more of a digital format. And we've had the opportunity to partner with you guys on a couple projects. We've got one coming up. But um, that evolution that you've seen, you know, you came on probably after that evolution took place, but I think you've been part of it as it's gotten even more. Um, how important has that been for the company? Yeah, I think it's been huge. Um, while everybody needs good instructions and better instructions to put technical um, products together, uh, it's even more important to be able to explain those in, in a fluid manner, right? So, you know, whether it's from a marketing perspective, sales perspective, or a service perspective, uh, it's not the easiest thing for a technical product to be explained in a simplified way. So we really kind of reason through that logic and make it more simple um, for, for any brand, really. And it's across a lot of different verticals that we focus. How challenging can that be? Because you are taking these complex things to an engineer or somebody at a high level. They speak that way. But you're breaking a lot of these things down, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is a great point. I mean, a lot of times we're dealing with engineering, marketing, sales across across the board, but the, the most challenging part is engineers speak very differently than, than a lot of the rest of us, uh, which is, is a great challenge for me because I don't speak engineer very well. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a marketing guy and uh, hands-on DIYer, so I need, need a different way to explain it. So we've got some really good technical designers that think through that almost with an engineering mindset, but with the mindset that anybody has to be able to bring this to life. I think of the scene from Office Space, the guy saying, I'm a people person. I take the checks from the engineers and I get them to the people. Exactly right. Exactly right. That's what right. Scott does. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yes. who he is. Total middleman. Yeah, <laughs> that's, about all, that's about all that happens. But yeah, you're 100% you're right. It's, it's hard to communicate that sometimes. So it's, it's interesting. 
Let's dig into your background a minute. 18 years in sports and brand marketing. That's that's not a short window. It, <laughs> it might have flown by, but it's a significant amount of time being immersed in one vertical or industry. Just share a few of your experiences there and a couple of the places that you worked along the way. Yeah, I know. You just made me feel super old, so thank you. <laughs> See, that was not the intention, <laughs> but it, it came out that way. <laughs> yeah, I started my career in Daytona Beach, Florida, working for what's now IMSA. Uh, doing some marketing roles and went to Daytona National Speedway after that uh, and then went to work for a couple different sports marketing agencies, the marketing arm and uh, TSMGI, the specialized marketing group. And just really uh, amazing experiences. I kind of grew up in sports. I drove race cars growing up, played golf growing up in college and just really wanted to be involved in sports in one way or another, uh, especially the motorsport side of things. So that's really where I focused my career and really my relationships. So um, just as I got into it, I just wanted to learn every aspect of, of business related to sports and just kind of grew in those elements and, and got to a point, you know, probably in the last couple of years with little kids that I felt like I really needed to change and, and to kind of redefine where my career was going. We know that well. We did the same thing as far as making that pivot away from the sports world. Nights and weekends are tough with a family. Exactly right. Especially when you're on airplanes for two or three days a week, plus business meetings, plus, plus, plus. You guys know it better than anybody. And it takes takes a toll on yourself and your family more than they probably realize. So um, it, it certainly was an opportunity to make a change. So when you went into that redefinition or redefining of where you were going to go, and we tell younger people all the time when they ask for advice once in a while, and now see we're older as well. Yep. So those questions <laughs> and the tables have been turned. But we always tell them, expose yourself to as much as possible in, in many different areas. Is that what naturally happened over the course of those 18 years leading up to this change? Yeah, I, th I think it's probably similar to you guys in the sense that you're just exposed to more the older you get, right? And, and you see uh, and you take part in things that, that you may not have, you know, 10 or 12 or 20 almost years ago. Uh, so when you're opened up to those things, you really start to think about, hey, this, this is something I really enjoy. You know, when the opportunity presents itself or I can be, you know, reaching out to folks and say, hey, this is something I'm interested in long term. Keep me in mind. Uh, it, it means a lot. Right. And I think I think just opening yourself up to those opportunities, being open to hearing about them, um, listening, learning and immersing yourselves in them uh, can can certainly open some things up. So if we pivot back to video, um, you know, you said you guys do some 2D, 3D, some other video options. Um, for you, how have you seen video and its application change over, over time now? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing that we've probably all seen is, you know, content's been so important for brands on different levels for years, but so many brands are still hesitant to use it and use it the right way for their brand, right? I mean, I think... A lot of people are using it. doesn't mean they're using it properly or leveraging it the right way uh, or fully understand that there's a lot of options out there that's not just, you know, live video or 2D, 3D animation. There's mixed reality opportunities, AR, VR, you name it. Uh, there's just so many opportunities now with technology uh, to engage consumers. And I think we've always known that consumers are visual people. Uh, and they want to hear a story and they want to be immersed in, in a brand. But it, I think it's just continuing to change uh, over and over and over again where people are more and more visual learners versus, you know, the written word. Was there a point, Scott, when you had an aha moment where you realized 
the potential of video had arrived and there was a lot of opportunity in that space? Yeah, I, I would say it was probably a good eight to 10 years ago in, in the sports marketing world, just where we were, we were getting deeper and telling a brand story through different mediums and really trying to connect athletes and um, their stories with the brand and make, make that natural emotional connection versus just telling a cool brand story, right? I mean, I think you, you guys know and you do it every day, telling that emotional story is certainly more impactful than just telling a really cool visual story. When you look at the future in video and how it's being used, I mean, you, you touched on it there with VR, AR, those kind of things, but what do you see coming down the pipe in that next three to five year window? Yeah, I think especially for us, what we're seeing is, you know, with the AR, VR side of things, mixed reality and XR, um, the ability for people to train in sort of a real environment uh, that's not dangerous or challenging, especially with a lot of the, the clients that we have. Um, it's not just people building technical products, but a lot of them have technical services or they have field service techs that need to be out there and really educated. And it's really hard to do through some of the current e-learning and training platforms. And, you know, we're, we're really working hard to kind of get ahead of some of that and be a part of it and develop good content because there's some great platforms out there that, that a lot of companies already have and own and they've invested heavily in but the content's not there yet, or they're not investing in it heavily enough yet. So I think that's an area that's really, really going to be a big opportunity for us and just business in general. We could build off that last response. So pet peeve uh, related to video that you see, we all, we all have them, and maybe you hinted at it a little bit when you talked about people not utilizing it to its potential in the way they apply it. What, what would that be that you see too often? I would say two things. One is that they're not using it enough um, and, and using it in a way that's not uh, connect, a real emotional connection and it's coming through organically and, and really um, true to the brand. You know, I think people are trying to find, hey, what's the demographic we want to hit? And let's just try to talk to them in a way that they, they might react to this instead of really being a part of that culture, um, which is, I think, the, the essential to good content is not just telling what you think they want to hear, but making sure you know what they want to hear and being a part of it. Now, speaking more to the emotional part of video and in your life, you know, right now you're an active participant with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society here in Charlotte. You're a cancer survivor yourself. So when, when you go through something like that, uh, how does it change you? What do you learn from it? What do you take now with you every single day? Yeah, no, I, and thankfully I'm a 12-year lymphoma survivor, and um, I definitely took the stance that I wanted to give back. So I'm on the board here in, in Charlotte and am very, very active in fundraising as well as just you know community events, speaking at events, just sharing my story. So it's been, it's been essential to kind of the next phases of my life, uh, every day trying to teach my kids and you know, uh, my wife is so involved with everything that we do with LLS as well and just supportive of how important that is to me to be able to give back and share my story. Um, and it's really translated to the business side of the world for me, like, like we talked about, right? Making a big life change and a career change, spending 18 years in one profession isn't an easy decision. Uh, but that experience certainly helped me make that decision much more quickly because uh, I wanted to chase uh, a passion for giving back as well as doing something that I enjoy every day because life's just far too short to do something you don't enjoy. We had the chance to work with you guys this, this year in your project, uh, getting ready for the big event. I mean, 
we always cycle things back to video, but um, the importance for a nonprofit to be able to use video to tell a story and to, and to sort of promote action and promote giving. Um, you know, have, you've seen that sort of on both sides of the, the card. Where, where yeah. do you fall on that? No, absolutely. I mean, you guys were such a huge help with donating some time and resources to support the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Man Woman of the Year campaign this year. And I think the, the most important thing, and we kind of touched on it earlier, is emotion. You know, the emotional connection, it couldn't be a deeper one with, with nonprofit. Uh, and be able to tell those stories in a way that people really understand the impact that their money's making. Um, people have a lot of choices to donate, and it's hard sometimes for uh, a nonprofit really to share where are those funds going. You don't get to feel it. You don't get to touch it. You really don't get to see it a lot of times um, personally. So if you can um, bring that to life in an organic way where people really can can see that their money, especially through LLS, is going towards research and what that research is really doing, how many drugs are being approved by the FDA that hadn't been you know, 10 years ago, how much better those treatments are, how, what the survival rate is becoming. Um, so it's, it's, it's so impactful for content to bring that to life, especially in nonprofit, probably even more so than, than so many other uh, fields. I had the chance to go to that event, sat with your parents actually. Yeah, wow, uh, who were great. And yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad they behaved themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but I was blown away at that event. I mean, the size and scope and the amount of dollars raised in one night. I mean, it obviously is a lot of work over months. It's not one night, but but just to sit back and look at that and see the community. And I think Charlotte was number one, if I'm not correct. Yeah, they were number one. Uh, so that competition, there's a man of the year, a woman of the year, and then usually a uh, uh, a chapter that wins and Charlotte took home pretty much all the hardware so it was man of the year woman of the year uh, and and chapter of the year and, and um, Charlotte raised over three million dollars and that's a 10-week campaign so while a lot of these people uh, that participate will commit early uh, early enough to plan they really can't take any funds before 10 weeks so they only have 10 weeks in the winter here in Charlotte um, we actually held the record until this year of $378,287 that we raised, and they made us look pretty bad. So Nancy <laughs> Hamlin, who is absolutely amazing, raised almost $900,000 in 10 weeks. And R Rob Hope raised almost $700,000. So, um, you know, I I've always been a fan and a competitive person of, of wanting to set records and wanting to be the best at everything you do. Um, this is one record that I don't mind getting smashed <laughs> into the ground because it means we, we're, we're closer to a cure, which is pretty cool. Now, looking at your personal motivation, you're a motivated guy. You've been successful. You've, you've refined the path that you wanted to go in. You go in a different direction. Where does that come from? What drives you every day? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of things. One, I think I was just raised that way, that, you know, you got to work for everything you get. You know, nothing gets handed to you in life. Uh, my parents were pretty awesome in that sense. They really, they were both educators, so uh, education was extremely important. Uh, constantly learning, also important. Uh, just always had a really strong worth, work ethic and, and have always felt like uh, the only way to get there is to put in the effort every day, whether it was sports or education or work, uh, career, family, you name it. I mean, it's everything in life is hard work and nothing's handed to you. And I do think that the, the cancer experience really opened my eyes to that as well, that, you know, just, there's a lot of things that you get thrown your way that you don't expect um, at work, at home, you name it. So you've, you've got to be prepared to pull yourself back up by your bootstraps every day and just keep putting in the work, putting in the effort. 
What's something interesting or unique about yourself? It could be a hobby that somebody wouldn't know that you uh, enjoy or something you've done in the past that is interesting. I, uh, I, you know, it's, as you guys know, with kids, uh, a lot of the things you really enjoy tend to go to the wayside. <laughs> they've, slightly. Been, yeah, they've been slightly diminished. <laughs> yes, they pivot. They pivot. You yeah, know, the things you enjoy are now hiking with your kids <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, hunting or golfing or uh, DIY is still a big thing for me. Our family works on a lot of projects together. Uh, my wife and I have built our girls a tree house in our backyard out of uh, wood we found in construction dumpsters and you know we just we just like to find things and build things and and try new things she likes to find things on pinterest and say hey can you build this for me <laughs> sure i think i could figure that out <laughs> nice all right and then we'll circle back one last question for you um an advice on overall content or video strategy that you would impart yeah i mean i i think the best advice really is figuring out what's best for you. I mean, I don't think there's one turnkey solution, uh, one great story that can be told, et cetera. I think it's aligning with the right companies to learn about your brand, understand your brand, and um, cultivate kind of what that next step is for them, uh, whether it's you know animated content, live content. I mean, there's so many right ways to go. It's just figuring out what, uh, what that right strategy is and, and moving it forward. Oh, that'll wrap things up for this episode of The Hive Life. Scott, we appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And we want to remind you to check out other episodes of The Hive Life. You can find out more about us as well, our team and our work on our website, spiraclemedia.com, or by finding us on Apple Podcasts. We would also love to hear from you. You can send us a note at info at spiraclebuzz.com. For Tim Bear, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Hive Life. Brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit SpiracleBuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.